Good morning. Uh, just a reminder, today we're going to have the food truck uh, after the second service, so if you'd like to come back for uh, the pizza, just feel free after the second service and it will be parked right out front. Uh, the LWML is hosting a fall retreat at the end of September. Uh, the deadline for registration is coming up. We do have some sheets printed off in the back on the table if any women are interested in attending, and also if you do have any questions feel free to reach out to Tevi and she can uh, explain some more uh, details to you. The Old Testament reading for this, the 12th Sunday after Pentecost, is from the 25th chapter of Proverbs. It is the glory of God to conceal things, but the glory of kings is to search things out. As the heavens for height and the earth for depth, so the heart of kings is unsearchable. Take away the dross from the silver, and the smith has material for a vessel. Take away the wicked from the presence of the king, and his throne will be established in righteousness. Do not put yourself forward in the king's presence, or stand in the place of the great, for it is better to be told, come up here, than to be put lower in the presence of a noble. What your eyes have seen, do not hastily bring into court. For what will you do in the end when your neighbor puts you to shame? Argue your case with your neighbor himself and do not reveal another's secret, lest he who hears you bring shame upon you and your ill repute have no end. This is the word of the Lord. Our epistle reading is from the 13th chapter of Hebrews. Let brotherly love continue. Do not neglect to show hospitality to strangers. For thereby some have entertained angels unawares. Remember those who are in prison, as though in prison with them, and those who are mistreated, since you also are in the body. Let marriage be held in honor among all, and let the marriage bed be undefiled. For God will judge the sexually immoral and adulterous. Keep your life free from love of money, and be content with what you have. For he has said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. So we can confidently say, the Lord is my helper. I will not fear. What can man do to me? Remember your leaders, those who spoke to you the word of God. Consider the outcome of their way of life and imitate their faith. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday and today and forever. Do not be led away by diverse and strange teachings For it is good for the heart to be strengthened by grace, not by foods which have not benefited those devoted to them. We have an altar from which those who serve the tent have no right to eat. For the bodies of those animals whose blood is brought into the holy places by the high priest as a sacrifice for sin are burned outside the camp. So Jesus also suffered outside the gate in order to sanctify the people through his own blood. Therefore, let us go to him outside the camp and bear the reproach he endured. For here we have no lasting city, but we seek the city that is to come. Through him, then, let us continually offer up a sacrifice of praise to God, that is, the fruit of lips that acknowledge his name. Do not neglect to do good and to share what you have, for such sacrifices are pleasing to God. Obey your leaders and submit to them, 
For they are keeping watch over your souls as those who will have to give an account. Let them do this with joy and not with groaning, for that would be of no advantage to you. This is the word of the Lord. The Holy Gospel according to St. Luke, the 14th chapter. One Sabbath, when Jesus went to dine at the house of a ruler of the Pharisees, they were watching him carefully. And behold, there was a man before him who had dropsy. And Jesus responded to the lawyers and Pharisees saying, Is it lawful to heal on the Sabbath or not? But they remained silent. Then he took him and healed him and sent him away. And he said to them, Which of you, having a son or an ox that has fallen into a well on a Sabbath day, will not immediately pull him out? And they could not reply to these things. Now he told a parable to those who were invited when he noticed how they chose the places of honor, saying to them, When you're invited by someone to a wedding feast, do not sit down in a place of honor, lest someone more distinguished than you be invited by him. And he who invited you both will come and say to you, Give your place to this person. And then you will begin with shame to take the lowest place. But when you are invited... Go and sit in the lowest place, so that when your host comes, he may say to you, Friend, move up higher. Then you will be honored in the presence of all who sit at table with you. For everyone who exalts himself will be humbled, and he who humbles himself will be exalted. He said also to the man who had invited him, When you give a dinner or a banquet, do not invite your friends or your brothers or your relatives or rich neighbors, lest they also invite you in return and you be repaid. But when you give a feast, invite the poor, the crippled, the lame, the blind, and you will be blessed because they cannot repay you. You will be repaid at the resurrection of the just. This is the gospel of the Lord. Grace, mercy, and peace to you from God our Father and our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. So when the Pharisees would have a nice dinner, uh, they'd all get together. And they did not sit on chairs at a dining table like we do. They would sit on these large cushions that were on the floor. Uh, These cushions were basically the size of a love seat. And you could seat about three people per couch. Well, just as at a dining room table, there is a head of the table. These Couches also had seats that would have been considered better than others. You see, one seat would be closest to the food table. And it would also have the best view of everyone else. So you wouldn't have to crane your neck to talk to someone. Jesus saw that the Pharisees would run in and grab the best seats, the best couches for themselves. I like to think of it as their version of Black Friday, the opening of store doors so everyone can run in and get the best stuff for themselves because your need is far more important than anyone else's. So Jesus saw this clamoring and said, one day everyone who exalts himself will be humble. and He who humbles himself will be exalted. We may not be rushing into a dinner party to get the best seat on the couch. 
There are times we act like this. For example, there are some airlines that board first come, first served. You don't have an assigned seat. So I bet when going on to that airplane, you're rushing at the head of the line so you can get the best seat. Whether you are an aisle person or window person, doesn't matter. Most people don't want stuck sitting in the middle seat of an airplane. And we justify these moments of minor selfishness because we say to ourselves, oh, but I have a connecting flight. I just have to make it. Well, you might, but I bet half the other people on the plane also have connecting flights. What makes our lives so much more important than someone else's life? Jesus said, Whoever exalts himself will be humbled. He who humbles himself will be exalted. Or think of a parking lot at a busy store. Imagine it's starting to rain outside. And you just need a few things. And then you see it. A parking spot right at the front. Just a few feet away from the door. And it's not even a handicapped spot. It's fair game for everyone. So you basically turn that parking lot into the Indy 500 as you clearly break the speed limit to get that coveted spot. And just as you're about 30 feet away, you see another car coming in from the other direction for the same spot. So what do you do? Do you give it to that person out of graciousness? Of course not. You gun your car even faster, swinging into that spot, narrowly missing the car on the left or the right. But you justify it by saying, I just need a few things. It's not that important, right? Meanwhile, the person you just cut off is a mother with a newborn baby and a crying two-year-old in the car who also just needed a few things. Everyone who exalts himself will be humbled. And he who humbles himself will be exalted. But really, Jesus is not that interested in dinner tables. Jesus is not that concerned about airplanes. And he's not that concerned about parking spots. What Jesus is concerned about is what's happening inside of him. Jesus is concerned with what is going on in your hearts. After all, if you can't even be gracious with fellow dinner guests, how on earth could you be gracious with all the saints in the kingdom of heaven? Or if you're unwilling to tough it out and sit in the middle seat for a short airplane ride, how can you tough it out with enough humility to be invited into the kingdom of God? Or if we aren't willing to serve our neighbor by giving them the best parking spot, why on earth should we be given a spot in heaven? In fact, if we can't even humble ourselves a bit in front of our fellow man whom we do see, then why should Jesus think we would ever humble ourselves in front of God whom we can't see? Everyone who exalts himself will be humbled. And he who humbles himself will be exalted. 
human heart is a tricky place. You can fake humility and fool people around you. But we can't fool God. He sees inside the heart. Because God sees inside the heart, God knows what we need. God knows what can cure even the most exalted human heart. Just look at Jesus. He is God in the flesh. 2,000 years ago, he was born into this world and could have been king. He deserved to be king over all things. He alone deserved the best seat at the dining table. The first class seat on the airplane. He deserved to have his car valeted for free at any shopping center. But Jesus didn't take that route. Even though he should have been exalted, Jesus did not exalt himself. Jesus allowed himself to take on the most humbling role of all. The role of a servant. On the night Jesus was betrayed, he wrapped a towel around his waist and washed the feet of his disciples. Jesus took on the role of a lowly servant. A role that a child would usually perform in a house. And instead, it was Jesus who washed the feet of his guests at his meal. But Jesus wasn't just pretending. Anyone could go through the motions of foot washing and say, Oh, look how humble I am. Anyone can do that. But very few people could do what Jesus did next. In fact, no one could do what Jesus did next. Jesus held up bread and broke it, saying, this is my body. And in just a few hours, his body would be broken for those disciples and beaten for all of us and whipped for every person in creation and crucified for us. No one could do what Jesus did. Very soon that night, Jesus would lift up a chalice of wine and say, take and drink. This cup is the New Testament in my blood shed for you, for the forgiveness of all of your sins. And very soon his blood would be spilt on the ground when he was whipped. Soon his blood would drip down his forehead on the cross. And his blood would cover his hands. And from his feet, blood would run down the cross. Under the earth. No one could do what Jesus did. He humbled himself to the point of death. He did it for you. He did it for me. He did it for all of us. So that one day we. We would be exalted. I mean, let's just be clear. None of us deserves salvation. None of us do. In our hearts, we choose the best seats at dinner. In our hearts, we push ourselves to the front of airplane lines. In our hearts, we speed ahead to get the best parking spots. We always have a reason. We always have a justification. But when it comes to God... 
We don't have a reason to deserve salvation. We don't have a justification that says we deserve eternal life. But Jesus does. Jesus holds up his crucified hands and says to you, you do deserve eternal life. Because it is my sacrifice that will exalt you and nothing else. Today you're being invited up to our altar. You're invited up here for a foretaste of the feast to come. We don't have to fight to get to the head of the line. Christ is calling you to come up to the head of the line in his kingdom. We don't have to try and justify why we deserve to be at this altar. It is Christ who is calling you to come to his altar. And you don't have to prove your worth to be here. No, the opposite. Christ is calling all of us who are unworthy to come to this altar. And through his sacrifice, Christ makes you worthy to receive everlasting life all through him. Amen. And now may the peace of our God, which surpasses our understanding, keep your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen.